I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. What is your advice for changing up how salons are doing education and what that looks like? For us, we decided many years ago, Stephen, to shut down on Tuesdays. So we don't even take clients on Tuesdays. Those are education days. And that's so important to us to not worry about what types of money is coming in. So we've actually been able to prove the model uh, for the past five years that you can work four-day work weeks and make just as much money as if you were working five days. And the education has really helped. So can you talk about that and what your opinion is and advice? Um, I'm a little bit controversial in my organization with this. I, I think, you know, from a, from a manufacturer standpoint, for example, but I think you could probably readily translate this to a salon. I think that there should be two types of education, two buckets. And, and one is, um, is product knowledge, for example, you know, how to operate a computer at the reception desk, um, how to mix this color over here with developers so you get this result. And the equivalent of that is you, you buy a car and it comes with seatbelts, it comes with airbags, um, it come, and that's normal. And you shouldn't pay extra or need above and beyond that because that should be a package. And that is a massive part of how we operate our businesses is that we all need to know how to work that computer system, for example. And that needs to come with that computer. Mm-hmm. The, the other side of it is what I call craft education. In other words, how to take all of that and take it to the next level. Mm. So again, you buy a car, it comes with speakers, but you might want to upgrade to those Bose speakers that have the surround, I don't know, surround sound and six yeah. speakers, a tweeter, and, you know. Because that will take your experience to another level. Mm. And I, I truly believe that when a stylist has to financially contribute to that investment, they're vested. So they arrive 15 minutes early for the class, not 15 minutes late. They leave that class 15 minutes late, not 15 minutes early. And they don't arrive with a model. They arrive with a freaking amazing model. It's mm, good. When they are vested. And again, speaking to salon owners, you know, that's an approach that I would recommend. And have a co-op, you know, have a 50-50 or a 30-30-30. You know, 30% me, the salon owner, I'm going to pay for that. 30%, I want you to pay for it. 30%, is coming from your retail sales, for example. I don't know. So clever ways to do this. But what I found working at Sassoon and teaching professional hairdressers from all over the world is, is when people were vested financially in that education, they weren't half pregnant. They were pregnant. 
Yeah. They were in. Yeah. And I, I, I clearly remember working with, with my mum. I don't know. I was probably like 14 or 15 and I think it was a Saturday and, and she was crazy busy and I was helping sweeping the floor and doing whatever. And my mum finishes this haircut, Tina, and she walks the lady to the front desk, you know, come and see Margaret. She'll make um, your next appointment and look after you and thank you very much for coming today. And the client said to my mum, oh, I'll see you in six weeks. It was a six-week haircut cycle. And um, I clearly remember my mum saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to tell you. I won't be here in six weeks. Could you, could you come five weeks or could you come six weeks? You can't come, uh, sorry, five weeks or seven weeks. I'm not going to be here on the sixth week. And the client said, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. She said, where are you going? My mum said, I'm going to Vidal soon. I'm going to take a cutting course. And this lady, in the nicest possible way, Tina, kind of rolled her eyes and <laughs> kind of tossed her head back like that. And she said, I don't know how you afford to take a week off work. I don't know how you afford to pay for the train fare to go to London, to stay in a London hotel, to pay Fidel Sassoon's fees. She said, I don't know how you afford to do that. Mum said, it's really simple. She said, you pay for it. Because yeah. when you come back, your haircut will be a pound more expensive. It's good. Yes. Pricing. Pricing. Yeah. What do you think keeps people from charging what they're worth? Uh, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot. I, I think one of the things that I, I know, I sometimes creeps into my conversations is is I think a lot of stylists think of their clients as their friends. Yeah. And there's a difference between being friendly with a client and being friends with your client. And your client isn't your friend. They're your client. Yeah. Just like my dentists, my dentist fixes my teeth. He's not my friend. He's friendly. Exactly. He's very friendly. He's a lovely man. <laughs> I love going there, but he's, he's not my friend. And he has no hesitation increasing the price of a filling at all. Doesn't enter his head. And um, I think it's important that we um, charge what we think is our value. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're putting together a package of, you know, highlights and treatment and a haircut and a blow dryer, that it costs what it costs. And it, it's your time and it's your materials that you're using. And, you know, you have or you haven't invested in education for you to be able to do that amazing balayage. Somewhere, somehow, somebody is paid for that. So you need to be, um, you need to be reimbursed. And um, the one thing I'm afraid of, Tina, kind of coming out of COVID-19, it's Deja Vu 2008. Mm. And I, I kind of saw in 2008, you know, we had a terrible financial crisis in 2008. Mm -hmm. People couldn't pay for, you know, they couldn't pay the rent, they couldn't pay the car payments. It was a terrible, terrible time. So I think as an industry, subconsciously, I don't know if this was any one particular person that thought this up, 
But as a global industry, we decided to elongate the salon appointment. So how did we elongate the salon appointment? We told people to grow their hair longer. We told people that long hair was fashionable. We told them that grown out roots were on trend and that coming and getting your hair colored every four months, six months mm. was on trend as opposed to getting right. your hair colored every mm. four weeks. We said to people, you know, just come for a trim, you know, grow your hair longer. And you can go two months, three months, four months between haircuts. And we did that because we either felt sorry or there was some kind of financial scenario. The problem is it's now 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. still doing the same freaking thing. Mm-hmm. We're still telling people, grow the hair, get it longer, grab the roots, you know, go on YouTube, watch this video, you can beat your way with your own hair. So in, an, in a nutshell, and I'm not saying this is every salon in every country, everywhere, we've shot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit, I talked about my dentist earlier. It's a bit like me going to my dentist for my, you know, I go every four months to have a cleaning. And I sit down in the chair and my dentist looks in my mouth and goes, you know what? I know you come in every four months, but come every nine months. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. It's okay. Wow. Yeah, just keep brushing your teeth. You'll be fine. And, and you know what? That root canal that you need at the back, you know that root canal? If you go on YouTube, there's a great video on YouTube you can do your own. You don't need me. Mm-hmm. Just do your own root canal. You'll be fine. In fact, go on Amazon and I'll, I'll show you where on Amazon you can buy the anesthetic. You can do your own root canal. <laughs> so true. You're talking my language. I was in dentistry for 15 <laughs> years before I did this. So, so <laughs> this is right up my alley and, and I never could understand why people would go more than three or four months to have their teeth cleaned, you know, because I, I ended up working for a periodontist and now I personally go every three months, you know, yeah. I can't imagine going six months or a year, like, hello, this is so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. So people are stuck in the rut right now of long hair, right? You know, balayage, how can they start to make that shift in education education? And how do they get that education? Well, at the moment, I think pretty much the only way they can get that is coming back to what we said earlier, Tina is with, with virtual. I mean, pretty much every face-to-face opportunity that we used to have to take a class, to have an educator come into the salon, or to go to a, again, I'm making this up, a hairbrained get-together, you know, because of COVID right now, we can't do that. And I think that's where it's important to seek out physical, um, hands-on, virtual education, whether it's color or styling or wedding dues or whatever, um, you know, one-to-one coaching, all that kind of stuff, it can be done virtually. If you'd have asked me a year ago, Tina, um, did I believe in what I've just said about virtual one-to-one hands-on, I would have said absolutely no way. 
Mm. You have to be face to face. Yeah. And the last mm, 10 months, I think I've delivered, I counted the other day, I think I've delivered about 220 classes in Russia, in um, Holland, in all over the place, all over the States. And um, it's great and it can be done, but it's not, it's not easy. Um, I'm starting tomorrow, actually, with um, something called Intercoffure Cutting Council. And mm. myself and a couple of colleagues, we've selected four young, up-and-coming protégés who are employees of Intercoffure Salon members. And we're going to go through a, a mentoring, um, hands-on session with these people, one and a half hours, the six of them, six, one and a half hours. And we're really looking to elevate their craft and confidence and consultation and execution of executing hair shoulder length and above. Shoulder length and above. Wow. And again, you know, the reason I'm going down this route, I had a great conversation with a lady called Sheila Wilson, who's the president of Intercoffee. And these are Sheila's words. A wise woman who owns a salon in. I love Sheila. Uh huh. Yeah, she's in the South, Tennessee, uh, Nashville, I think, Tennessee. And she said, you know what? She said, the last sort of 10 years, we've slowly lost the color business mm. to grown out roots, to people coloring their, their own hair at home. Mm-hmm. We've slowly lost the styling business to Beachy Waves, YouTube and people styling their own hair. A lot of people can style their own hair better than we can. And she said, we've definitely lost the retail business to Amazon. Yeah. She said, the only thing that's sacrilegious to us as salon owners is haircuts, shoulder length and above. And the reason is they grow out. They need maintenance. They need to come back every six weeks. And Tina, I finished a sentence for her and I said, shoulder length or above with custom color integrated. Mm. So maybe two colors, maybe three colors that speak to the haircut, that speak to the features of that person, that speak to the ethnicity, the lifestyle, et cetera, but really integrating color and cut and style and retail that's really kind of specific to that person and referred and and custom built on that individual person. And the challenge is many people have come into our craft team and they've come into cutting hair that's the middle of the shoulder blades and a haircut to them is cutting a quarter of an inch from shoulder length, exactly. shoulder blade hair, mm-hmm. or cutting hair that's elbow length and cutting an inch off. So they've never had the luxury and the experience of cutting on a regular basis um, hair that's shoulder length and above. And as you well know, it, it's, it takes a lot of craft, it takes a lot of skill, it takes a lot of practice to be versed 
in doing that hair as opposed to hair that's elbow length and then you hit it with the irons. Mm. But that hair that's elbow length, it's not a six week service. And to come back to my 2008 Stop. comment, we've got to be so careful we don't fall into that trap coming out of COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got to be the leaders. As salon owners, as stylists, we've got to be the leaders in directing our clients. Yeah. You know, something that I've kind of noticed over the years being a school owner, and I know you've been in schools and obviously the educator of the year. Um, have you noticed that most women color hair and most men cut hair? Like, what is, like, why is that? You know, when you see that, what do you think the, um, the problem is here? Is it education? I, I, I think you've got a great point there. And I think there's a massive element of truth in what you're saying. And um, I've thought it through and I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I literally, you're absolutely yeah. correct. I don't yeah, know what it is. But maybe it's something as simple as, you know, the male eye tends to see angles. The male eye tends to see geometry. The male eye tends to see angles and shape and proportions whereas the female eye tends to see um, texture tends to see warmth um, you know I mean yeah I'm a, a prime example my, my wife is a colorist and um, wow you know That's crazy about what was it now but you need to team up with a man <laughs> a kitchen. I love this what is it about in um 2012 sorry 2012 i'll, I'll be quick on this 2012 yeah. is kitchen so the conversation goes along the lines of you know maria i think you should have a cabinet across here and i think that cabinet should be about that width and about that deep <laughs> how many inches do you think that depth should be um i think it should have some warm tones yeah no how many inches? Well, I think it should be more gloss than that. No, 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 no. How many inches? <laughs> yeah. And then you say to me, you know, you know, what do you think we should do with the underlying sort of um, mood of these tones in this 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 marble countertop? And you know, three three feet is my answer. <laughs> three feet. <laughs> <It's Yeah>. like... <laughs> I love it. That's so true, though. It's so funny. And yeah, I think maybe the education needs to shift um, in training with haircutting so that women can understand it, maybe, you know, I but know. I notice um, one thing is the laws in each state. So I'm, I'm in two different states. And in Florida, it's super easy to get your barber's license. And so the yeah. ones that have actually taken advantage of that, uh, one yeah. of my salon partners, so she not only got her cosmetology license, but she got her barber's license. So oh. now she cuts a lot of hair and yeah. that the education made a huge shift for her. And so I think it starts right there in the cosmetology school, but the challenge is the states are kind of held back. So for instance, in Michigan, to get your barber's license instructor 
barber's license. It's literally impossible. I think we have a list of four barber instructors in Michigan listed, wow. registered. And so it's almost impossible to get um, someone in to do your barber program, right? And so kind of shifting that education. And so I think it starts at the legislative level, of course, from there. But in the meantime, I think we can do a better job as far as educating. And I think this podcast is going to be huge for people to listen to. I know it is for me. I've been completely enlightened. Let's talk about the consultation because I think all of this happens in the art of the consultation. What do we need to shift in our salons in order to be this type of hairstylist, this next level hairstylist that you're talking about, right? And how do we deal with the men in these women's life that usually have long hair that won't let their hair be cut short because yeah. they love long hair. Cause let's talk about the reality of the culture, right? Of what men are looking for. Or Barbies. Something. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking for Barbie dolls. Barbie dolls. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's a tough one. And, and again, I, I, I will be tempted. I think with that, that woman who's, you know, I don't know what my husband's going to think. I don't, you know, I'm not my boyfriend and I'm not sure. And I need to ask him what he thinks. You know, I, I would be tempted to, to try, if you can, to invite that man into the forum, mm -hmm. invite that man into the consultation. Yeah. And, and, you know, empower him to be part of that conversation and journey. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. We always did that in dentistry because when somebody needed a full mouth restoration, we would always have people in. So in our school, we'll say, okay, is there anyone that's involved in this process? Are you married? Uh, do you live at home? And so bringing the parents in, right? Because you need to have that full support. Otherwise, what's going to happen, they'll go home and their husband or whoever will say they don't like it. Parents, this happens all the time, right? Yeah. And they come back in. Um, my family doesn't like my hair. I need my money back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need a full refund. But you're right. You need to involve, you need to involve that whole committee. Yeah. That's no, so absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. And, and again, back to that, the actual physical consultation itself is, is I think often it's kind of useful to think about it, you know, the, the journey of where you want to go as being a journey, as, as being a, <clears throat> a marathon rather than a sprint. That's good. And, you know, getting that woman away from that awful white bleached color that doesn't suit her skin tone, for example, yeah. And moving her across to something that's more buttery and softer and and you know i'm just using that as an example um you know think along the lines of it being a journey and 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 taking them you know bit by bit down mm -hmm. that path and it that might be you know changing the length of the hair or changing you know accepting curly hair as opposed to always blow drying the hair straight you know, it, it's a journey. And, and, and again, as you pointed out there, in, involving a husband or a partner or a boyfriend or whatever, that helps them with that journey and bring them into the why, you know, so you can share with them, you know, the suitability side of it. You know, here's an example of this color that's a little bit less white and a little bit less raw and it's a little bit warmer. And look, here's, here's why it suits your wife's skin tone for example, yeah. um, you know, to, to, to kind of bring them in. Right. I'm a big believer, Tina, of, of consultation standing up. Mm. And I, I, I really love to see 
you know, I love to see a woman walk in a salon and walk towards me. I like to see how tall does she walk? You know, how are her shoulders? Wow. You know, what is her confidence level or not? Yeah. You know? And then um, my favorite mirrors in a hair salon are when you've got those kind of ballerina mirrors, you know, the floor to ceiling. Yeah. And, and you stand a woman up in front of the mirror and you don't talk to the woman, you talk to the woman in the mirror. Mm. And right away, you tend to get signals straight away in the consultation. And it's before you've really got into anything. And she's either locking eyes with you in the mirror you know, and she's standing really tall and she's pouting her lips into the mirror or she's maybe, <laughs> you know, doing this and hiking a dress. The time and, when you want to see the video. <laughs> yeah. And to me, those are signals. Mm. And that's a, that's a signal of a woman who wants to come first and she wants her hair to come second. And, and to one degree or other, it's me, 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 look at me hair whether it's the color or it's the haircut or the stuff whatever and then the opposite's true you know the woman walks down the salon and she walks to you and her shoulders are rounded and she's a little bit pigeon-toed and she stands in front of that mirror and very quickly she turns away from the mirror and she starts talking to you mm. you know and her eyes are flitching and she's not and, and right away, I'm getting a sense of who is, this woman maybe wants to be bathed in hair. She wants to be shrouded yeah. in hair. Mm -hmm. She wants her hair to come first, you know, and maybe she wants to hide a little bit behind that hair, either mm. with the color or the, the haircut or the style or all of the above. So again, you're seeing these, these signals and we've not even got into the length or the color or the, anything just yet but you're just getting a sense of who is this person. And you know, there's a color, there's a haircut, there's a style for everybody. And it's just a matter of seeing who is this person. And you know, in beauty school, we, we, we kind of have bashed over our heads in beauty school that suitability is a big nose or dealing with a long face or dealing with eyes that are set far apart or suitability is a round face, a squared face, a triangular face. The physical attributes are kind of, I think they're like 40, 45% of what works. What to me is the majority of what works is what is in that woman's heart? Yeah. What's in her soul? Mm -hmm. You know, is she six foot two, but she walks like she's five foot three? Mm. Or is she five foot three and she walks like she's six foot two? Who is this woman? What does she do for a living? What's her interests? You know, does she spend 10 minutes doing a hair every morning or does she spend three hours? Who, who is this, you know, what's her habits? And learning all of that and putting all of that together. And it's funny, I did, I did a, a class this morning in South Africa. We were literally, I was doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching with this guy. And I said to this guy, you know, I've done people's hair that if you took a chainsaw and you cut their head off and you put their head and their haircut on a spike, their haircut wouldn't suit them. Right. But if you took them off the spike and you put their head and their haircut back on their body and you saw their animation and the personality 
and the moves and the clothes and the heels and the makeup, then it now works. But in isolation, mm. you can't look at suitability as this, the head, because there's a whole other factor involved. And that's where I think you can really do yourself a favor with really using your best friend. Your best friend is the mirror. The mirror. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Chido, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to check us out at nextlevelsalonleadership.com. Mm-hmm.